welcome to the College Football Bros, the podcast talking FCS today. And now, here are your hosts, Michael, Ryan, and Trey Newman. Welcome to the College Football Bros podcast. I am Michael Newman, and I'm joined by the brother who's making us record this on Sunday. Yeah, that would be me. That's Ryan Newman. <laughs> and by the other brother who, as a result, is my favorite brother. That's right. Trey Newman, as always. <laughs> I don't know. Wouldn't uh, you rather do it tonight, though? Get it over with? Uh, not that it's not an enjoyable. Get it over with. That's what the <laughs> audience wants to hear. <laughs> not right at the top of the show. Let's just but... get this stupid thing over with. <laughs> well, you know, we don't... Ha- do you guys have work tomorrow? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I guess it's just me the life of a teacher yeah wow okay no i would rather do it tonight though i think it's good it's yeah good we'll get it's more it fresh get it out a day early maybe yeah and the games really just happen so it's it's fresh i like it all right well we had some drama this weekend in our yahoo college football pick'em league did you guys see this i i have been making a run on you at least but you have Trace. you climbed ahead of me but yeah the big drama is that rick saban who was looking like a runaway winner did not get his picks in this week Oh no! Oh, and he's he still was on fire. He still looked like he was probably still a favorite to maintain the lead. That's how big of a lead he had. But yeah, Stone Cold Drew Locks went seventeen and six. Wow! To pull ahead of Rick Saban by three games. It was there was only twenty three games on the. There were two pushes. Oh, I see. Okay, yeah. Uh, so Trey, you are still in third, uh, but now you've actually got a real chance. Yeah, this makes it oh, like interesting. Oh, I did anyways. <laughs> no, you did. If Rick Saban would have put in his picks, you were done. No, I, <laughs> I was, I was, I was going to make a charge. Uh, okay, quick reminders for everyone: follow us on Twitter at CFB Bros. Give us a follow on Instagram at College Football Bros. And, and as we're recording this, we don't know who the uh, Man Crush Monday is going to be. You guys have any any ideas? Ooh, Ellinger. Ellinger could be up there. Yeah, I'm thinking about maybe uh, the Oklahoma running backs against the Pitt running backs. That's that's that, good. That might be. We could have mo- we could have a a double Duel. main crush Monday. Yeah. Ohio State's punter. Yeah. Oh, that's a good yeah. One. Do we that's dare? A good one. If it's ever gonna go to a punter, do we dare? <laughs> yeah. This is the week for that. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, go to our Instagram right now at College Football Bros, and you will see who it was. Uh, but let's get into the Week Eleven recap. Oh wait, I forgot. Rate us five stars. Most importantly, rate us five stars. <laughs> I never mention. I always forget to mention that. I never mention that ever. So never heard you say that. No. Uh, okay. Now week eleven. Not a whole lot of craziness this past week. The top ten ranked teams went ten and zero. Uh, but we've got some good games here. Boise State won at home against Fresno State, twenty four to seventeen on Friday. Uh, so give me your brief thoughts on the game. But most importantly, I want to know what this means for the group of five New Year's Six spot. Yeah, okay. So, well, after Fresno scored to start the second half, they were up 17 to 3, and it it almost looked all but over considering how well their defense is playing and how well they've played all year. But Boise somehow managed to score 21 unanswered and Fresno's offense has totally disappeared. Um, so it was a surprising game there at the end, but as far as what it means uh for the top group of 5 New Year's 6 spot, I don't know, it doesn't completely eliminate Fresno yet, although it really doesn't look good. Um, at this point, it's it's hard to imagine UCF not getting that spot, even if they do lose a game, although this week could make it interesting. Um, but I only see two teams that are in control of their own destiny, 
It's UCF, of course. That's not possible. But, oh, wait. No, it is, it is possible. I'm sorry. Let, I'll let you finish. Yeah, well, I'm going to let you finish. It's not possible. <laughs> Beyonce's album was the best, but I'm going to let you finish. <laughs> okay. UCF. And then the other team is Cincinnati because they, they play UCF this okay. week. So if yeah. they went no, out there. You're, you're right. All right. Um, but the Mountain West, I think, is going to need some help. I don't think any of those teams control their destiny anymore. So Utah State would be the team that have the best chance since they still only have one loss and have looked impressive. But uh, they'll need help. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. And But as far as this game, this was kind of the Boise that we expected at the beginning of the year. They've been a bit inconsistent this season. But in this one, they played stout defense. And, and they took control in the second half with, with Rippon playing pretty efficiently. But yeah, this this opens the group of five spot. I I totally agree with your sentiments, Ryan, on on UCF and and Cincinnati possibly. But the, what's kind of cool about this spot is usually up to this point in the season, you can almost you pretty much know who it's going to be. Right now, it's very wide open. There's so many teams alive. Um, you've got the Mountain West champ between Boise, Utah, or Fresno State. All have a really good opportunity. Obviously, UCF and Cincinnati and. And uh, so it's it's wide open right now. And I guess the big question is, can, say UCF beats Cincinnati, can they do lose? they then have a loss to burn? I don't I think, think so. Oh, really? I think the committee will really knock them if they lose. And like, let's say... Well, but everybody say, else has a loss. Yeah, but let's say Utah State wins out. Yeah. They're I the mean, team that... I mean, they're the one team to me that yeah. could could do it on a one loss. But who have they beaten? Not, no, not much. but... But, but they're, they're only yeah. lost, neither as UCF, really. But they're, and their only loss is at Michigan State, a close one. That's, that's not bad. Yeah. And yeah, they've just, yeah, and, it, and they have style points. It's not like they're, they're kind of boring, barely winning. They're, they're blowing teams out. I think the only team that has a chance would be Utah State if, to, if to compete with a one loss UCF. It'd be close, but I still think UCF would get it. Yeah. It would be close. Uh, I'll, I'll throw out Buffalo. They're nine and one. They obviously need a, a ton of help. And how about UAB? They've, also got a garbage schedule, but yeah. if they win at A and M, big if. But <laughs> yeah, true. Why not? Who knows? Uh, okay. By the way, with that Boise State game, did you guys watch the end with the uh, them marking the first down that that iced the game for Boise? Oh, the with the link. Yeah, yeah it was. They they brought out the chains and they measured it, and on TV it looked like oh he's short a little bit, and the ref just called it a first down. But do you remember that there was a game a while, a few years ago, I don't know, maybe it's like 10 years ago now, but there was a game where there was a, um, they were doing that, they were measuring it, and then the ball clearly hadn't reached the pole, the, like the stick, but it did make it to the last chain, and they're like, oh, no, it's a first down, but it was, even though the ball clearly didn't hit the chain, or the, uh, the, the pole, so I don't know, I mean, like. But then I remember in the NFL, them trying to put an index card yeah, in between. Yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah Gene Steratore, I mean, that it's. Twitter went uproar over that, the, the, the people that were watching yeah. the game on Friday night. All right. Well, if anyone knows the rule, I thought it was the stick, but let us know. Yeah, it, it should be. It make, it's, makes it obvious. It's like what you're looking but for. We're, it's still, uh, this still goes back to the age-old question. It's 2018, and we're using this damn <laughs> yes. stick on the sideline. Like, come on. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> we brought that up in our Pet Peeves episode. That episode is timeless, so go back in our feed. If you feel like listening to another episode, go to our Pet Peeves episode. Uh, we bring up things like that. I thought that was one of our better ones. Yep. Uh, okay. Next game, Oklahoma won 48 to 47 against Oklahoma State after Taylor Cornelius Corndog was off the mark on a two point conversion attempt at the end. Trey, what'd you see here? So we really 
poo-pooed this one last week, but but shame <laughs> on the bros for for discounting the bedlam, bedlam effect. We also probably underestimated just how poor Oklahoma's defense really is. Yeah, Their Oklahoma fans must be beside themselves right now. I oh, so frustrating. Taylor oh, Cornelius, man, I would hate cor- to go to the playoff and have the best offense ever. <laughs> well, <laughs> no, you, <laughs> you understand what I'm saying. I but they might be wasting this offense. <laughs> yes, I do. Um, T- Taylor Cornelius, corn dog, as you said, he threw for 501 yards in Norman. And but Oklahoma, they were able to win thanks to 353 yards on the ground and seven and a half yards per carry. Um, as far as them going for Oklahoma State going for two at the end, I have no problem with them doing it. I, I, I think they should have, and you know they just didn't execute. But do you guys think differently? No, I, I completely agree. And I saw some people on Twitter complaining, "Oh, why are they only running a play where there's there's kind of one guy to throw to?" But but like you said, the guy was open. Cornelius just kind of threw it short. So, uh, yeah, I had no problem with that at all. I think it was the right call. Uh, Gundy is now 2-12 and 12 against Oklahoma, though. But I think it's kind of similar to Harbaugh. Like, there's Harbaugh like, against his rivals. There's been a lot of close games and kind of a few plays here and there. Um, but he's and, also at Oklahoma State and not... Right. It's, yeah, he's got the talent yeah, disadvantage. It, yeah, so. so I'd expect Gundy to be 2-12 and 12 where, you know... He's going up against the big boy. Oklahoma State isn't o- OU or Texas. It's don't have that advantage. That's a that's a good point too. Um, but one of my big takeaways here is that the Heisman Heisman Trophy. It's maybe not a runaway now. Kyler had another great game as always, and Tua, which we'll we'll get to Alabama, but he of course got injured in the game, and I would guess maybe won't play against the Citadel next weekend, or at least will play very little. So. Kyler has another chance against Kansas yeah, the next week. Opened a little bit. Yeah, yeah. it's just opened. A little. I mean, I'm still too was a big favorite, but yeah, Kyler's stats. He's going to take the the counting stat lead pretty big time next week. Yeah, yeah. yeah um, agree with that, and also agree that the two point conversion attempt was the right call. Just unfortunate they didn't get it. Um, but I, I feel for like I mean, it's I guess I should say this a little bit differently, but it's too bad that OU's so good on offense but their if their defense was just decent i mean think about how good they would be how much they dominate that big 12 but like right now yeah. i mean i know they still have a chance at the playoff but honestly i don't want them to make it just because they don't i don't see them deserving it i don't want to see that trash defense in the playoff oh, wow <laughs> but i see i i dis strongly disagree with this take i've been seeing this take oh they don't deserve to go to the playoff with that defense but the offense is like literally maybe the best ever like it's up there it's It's really really good take some of that surplus offense and just pretend like it's 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 the defense i i don't want to see it i don't like it oh you're (laughs) you're a loser you didn't like that georgia oklahoma game last week or last year yeah i did i did but ou's defense was maybe a little bit better last year maybe i guess yeah okaronquo yeah this year is oof I I mean it would be entertaining to see them go up against a, a top top defense, but yeah, I just they're not. How about, how about Tua versus uh, Tua versus Kyler? Right, exactly. Alabama would score eighty. Well, but <laughs> Oklahoma would score sixty. <laughs> no, they wouldn't. Hey, you know what? If Alabama's going to win anyways, I'd rather see them. You know, have to face some crazy offense like this. And Ryan, it's you know what's funny is when you were saying think about if Oklahoma had like a decent defense. Well, it's what's funny is that. Alabama pretty much is the Oklahoma offense with a great defense. I I agree with that. That's why I'm saying it. It's it's over. <laughs> it's it's <crazy>. over. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, we'll see. Um, 
Okay, we'll move on. Texas almost blew a 17-point lead with seven minutes left, but won 41-34 on a late touchdown to Lil' Jordan Humphrey, which I tweeted right after the game was revenge for Michael Crabtree's game-winning touchdown several years ago. Kind of looked similar. Very. Yep. But first thing I want to say here is I feel like we haven't given enough given enough credit to Sam Ellinger on this podcast. Okay, I knew you were going to say that, but like he's just gotten better the last few weeks here. Maybe I feel that's like. the case. He he now has the Big Twelve record of consecutive passes without an interception at two hundred and eighty. Do you guys know who previously held the record? Ooh, uh, I mean, that's, I can give you a hint. It was he played for West Virginia. Geno Smith. Geno Smith. Wow, I was going to guess Skylar Howard, but nice guess, Dre. Um, and then you're right, Ryan. His Ellinger's stats on this season have kind of snuck up on me. I kind of I hadn't looked at them in a while. Yeah, 29 total touchdowns, two interceptions. It's been a good year, uh, but the last uh, yeah, but like you said, the last how how many games is that span where he hasn't thrown a pick? Well, it's since the Maryland game. Oh, that's right, because he threw two in that game. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that was game one. <laughs> okay. But but he has been a lot better the last yeah. the last couple yeah. weeks. Yep. Um, Agreed. And he had a great game here. But so did Jet Duffy, filling in for Alan Bowman. Yeah. 444 yards and four touchdowns, added 80 yards on the ground. But he did turn it over three times and might have been the difference here. Yeah, no, that was that was definitely the difference. And with Texas, though, they just they always got to make it difficult this year. They're, every single game they play is a close one now. And like you said, both quarterbacks were, were really good. Duffy, I know he had those three turnovers, but if we if you remember his game at TCU, I know it was an ugly game, but I don't know. He he was it was ugly that game. He would he did not look good, but to see what he did uh throwing for four over over four hundred yards in this one was impressive. So um when Texas Tech scored to tie the game uh at thirty four thirty four, I just thought to myself that okay, they left too much time on the clock and Texas would do exactly what they did to Oklahoma. They would blow a big lead, uh, but then when they would score on that last drive at the very end and just pull it out and just exactly what happened to this one. So I just kind of knew what was going to happen in advance. Yeah, sure. But, you know, this it was exciting, though. They These teams combined for 38 points in the fourth quarter. So it was a, it was a good Big 12 kind of shootout at the, at the very end. And, you know, Kingsbury gets a lot of crap, but... I was impressed with him getting Jet Duffy ready for this one. I mean, to throw for over 400 yards against a, you know, a pretty decent Texas defense led by their defensive coordinator, Todd Orlando. I mean, Orlando was just shown on the sidelines, shaking his head a lot throughout the, throughout the game. And, you know, I, I thought Bowman could do that, but I was a little surprised Duffy did it. So, uh, they just <laughs> yep, unfortunately agree. ran out of time and, uh, one possession too less or too little. Yeah. And one thing to sort of excuse Texas's defense or, defensive performance a little bit Caden Stearns left with a concussion and then they had three other defensive backs that either got hurt in this game or were, were playing on injuries uh but okay cool hook them uh next up we have a voicemail regarding one of the big games this past weekend so let's take a listen hey bros this is Braden calling from East Lansing it was a pretty rough day for the Spartans but I got to watch two teams call four timeouts in a row. That was big ten as hell and worth the trip. <laughs> he he also got to see an intentional safety. That's that that's very big ten as well. <laughs> yeah, I don't see that very often. By a team that was losing by one. That was And it wasn't like at the very, very end of the game where they were trying to preserve a win or anything. That's true. Was, they were already down. It was a different scenario. 
they they were they were tired of all those punts down to the two yard line and they were like screw it we'll give you two points just get us out of here <laughs> in hindsight it really didn't work out no no it didn't and they were it was almost trying to be too smart and then just yeah didn't work out yeah yeah uh so ohio state got a dominant 26 to 6 win and after this one are you guys thinking of ohio state any differently are you seeing them as a no. legit playoff contender no. and i wouldn't really call it a dominant win either it was it was a pretty good game for a while and then it just kind of fell apart there at the end for sparty and but it doesn't change my mind uh michigan state's offense is just putrid at this point especially with you know a, a not healthy lowerky um i see ohio state i mean they their offense isn't quite elite now i don't see them at the top and then their defense without nick bosa has been suspect even with bosa it was a little suspect so this game doesn't change my mind i see ohio state as top eight top nine but not not playoff caliber yeah i mean i don't look at them as as a playoff team either but it's weird this season they they kind of go through lapses i mean this weekend it was their offense previously it's been their defensive struggles they just haven't put it all together but given their schedule and the opportunities in front of them they have a chance to to sneak in i mean if they beat a top three or four michigan team and then easily handle northwestern i mean they could they could for sure get there yeah yeah really that michigan game is the one tough one remaining and it's at home so yeah i mean it's but, not well one interesting thing is we may have talked about this on a past episode but even if ohio state wins out what's crazy is they're not guaranteed to make the playoff no, no. because obviously you got alabama and clemson they would be behind and then notre, notre dame. dame if they went out and then georgia well but assuming georgia would have another loss it would then come down to ou ou if ou wins out ou washington state well, and I, then, oh, they'd be in over Washington State and for I sure. Think they'd I'm, be just in saying, over OU. I'm just OU, Washington State, and then LSU, who will maybe win nah, out. If, I mean, nah. yeah, I know. Nah. I'm just. I, I think. Know. I think in if OU wins out, I think that one would be interesting. The two of them, Ryan. You said you think Ohio State would get in over them. Yeah, because that would mean they would beat. Are you saying they lose to Michigan? No, no. Of course they, they have beat Michigan. to beat Michigan. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, no. I was. Yeah, my bad. No, yeah, exactly. So it went over Michigan. Yeah, I don't. The only problem for Ohio State, though, is that last week, they're only going to get to play Northwestern if they do beat Michigan. So it's not like it's not going to be a huge kind of in the the last image of the committee unless they win by 50. So, yeah, but OU, who's I mean, I know they'll play in the Big 12, but it's it's not like they'll be facing a top like five team or anything. True. Yeah. All right. Well, that'll play itself out. But uh, final game we have here is Trey's alma mater, University of San Diego. They beat Davidson 56-52 in FCS play. And the only reason we're bringing this up is, Trey, you sent us a text message on Saturday with the screenshot of the stats in this game. So why don't you just tell me your favorite stat from this one? Like season stats, man. Yeah. Well, so every week I check the alma mater and they've been historically pretty good uh in the last last decade in the FCS ranks and ever since uh, Harbaugh, Harbaugh. <laughs> yes, Jim Harbaugh that's where he got his career uh started on the coaching front but I'm gonna let you guys take the obvious one for for Davidson but I'm gonna look at the positive for USD since they did win this game Michael Bandy their receiver had 324 yards receiving with four touchdowns oh, wow. and in fact on college on college football final he got Jesse Palmer's helmet sticker wow. to end the show so how about them Toreros that's big time yeah well then I'll take the obvious one I thought you would take that one but 
So yeah. what was it? 789 yards. <laughs> yep. This is going off memory, it. but that number is kind of etched in my mind. 789 yards rushing for Davidson. <laughs> and they with, lost. In a loss. Yeah. <laughs> and the previous FCS record was in 1988 by Missouri State. And it was 100 yards, 108 yards less than that, which that, is crazy. That, that is insane fewer? out of all is the it, games. Am I supposed to say fewer there? Sounds sounds better. Okay. Uh, Russell Ryan, what's what's your favorite? All right. Um, well, the the yards thing was pretty similar. I, I I'll say that they had one thousand four hundred and seventy seven combined yards, but I had one more that I thought was interesting. They USD scored fifty six points, right? And then, but they only converted three third downs. So <laughs> they probably they just never have faced that many a third, third down. Downs. Yeah, they just never had to convert. <laughs> so wow, just a crazy game. How about sixty nine yards rushing for USD? Yeah, I, left, I thought you were going to say that one. Oh, man. Yeah, well, I did. <laughs> Just now. Oh. <laughs> uh, I have one more stat because I can't resist. There were 40, there were 40, four 90-plus yard touchdowns in the game. That's wow. crazy, too. A 90 and 94-yard 90 and 94-touchdown runs from Davidson, and then USD had a 98-yard a kickoff return, and then a 99-yard touchdown pass. It's, it's wow. absurd. That is crazy. It's, it's an amazing game. <laughs> it was like, and it's right down the street. We should have gone. We could have been if only there. we would have known. No, we shouldn't have. Well, probably not. Yeah. Uh, okay, time for the rapid recaps. Get us started, Ryan. All right, my first game is uh, Auburn at Georgia. Uh, the Dogs dominated this one 27-10. They rushed for over 300 yards on more than six yards of carry. Fromm was solid once again, and you just got to love the way Georgia is playing right now. This is this is Georgia football at their best. Um, took care of business. Then we got Miami at Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech was able to pull out a close win, 27-21 against the Hurricanes. That Miami Miami offense continues to struggle, uh, and they lost this game because they lost three fumbles. Uh, the, this actually drops the U to five and five on the season. So I don't even think you saw that coming, Mike. You and you were very low on Miami. No, but, yeah, no, yeah. I, I thought they'd uh, I thought they'd be four and six. Right? Yeah, naturally. <laughs> right, exactly. Uh, next game is Temple at Houston. Uh, defense was optional in this game. Uh, Temple won fifty nine forty nine, uh, and the big news. And this game was that Temple running back Raquel Armstead had six rushing touchdowns. Not the record, but that's crazy. He had a lot. So uh, I just want to point out that um, I had him on my bench in college fantasy. Ooh, um, oh, I why? still won the week, but he he was on my bench. <laughs> you had a crazy good week too. I did. You dominated. Wow! Imagine if you had him. What did he score? Like uh, eighty points? Like fifty five or something like that? It's insane. That's crazy. Well, Houston quarterback De'Ara King also had a huge day. He was responsible for six touchdowns, five through the air, and one on the ground, but still lost. But good effort by him. It's Michael's boy. He is. Uh, then uh, my last game, we got Florida State, or what was Florida State, at Notre Dame. Seminoles got dominated 42-13, to 13, and they, they've just given up. They suck. Um, <laughs> Trey, Irish, Trey said that last podcast. Yes, yeah, <laughs> they really do, man. It's just it's crazy how much talent they have, and they can be that bad. Uh, Irish dominated. Dexter Williams went over 200 yards on the ground. Brandon Wimbush, he filled in fine, but he kind of showed why Ian Book is is still the guy and should be the guy. He, he completed less than 50% of his passes and threw a couple picks, but good enough to beat Florida State, that's for sure. All right, my first game is Alabama. For the second straight week, shuts out a ranked opponent. 
I will say there were a couple of bad calls in this game that went against Mississippi State. Yeah. Ultimately, of course, probably didn't matter or definitely didn't matter. But there was a phantom block in the back that negated a Mississippi State touchdown. And then first drive of the game, Damian Harris looked like he probably fumbled and recovered by Mississippi State, but they didn't review it. So I'm sure James Carville was going crazy. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say, yeah, he he's a little upset right now. Alabama's offense here was somewhat held in check, but the defense, Quinnen Williams, Isaiah Bugs, that defense is starting to look great. I mean, I think early in the year we were talking ourselves into the fact that maybe they're just kind of top five, top ten, but no, they're they're top two or three. They're really, really good. Yeah, they're them and Clemson, maybe. Them and Clemson and Michigan. Yeah. Um, yeah. But big story out of this one is that Tua took a lot of low hits and, of course, kind of, I guess, re-aggravated that knee injury. Seems like he'll be fine, but I would, like I said, not be surprised to see him sit out next week. Nice that they get uh, a, a little bit of a buy here built into the SEC schedule there. It's it's a good time for it for Alabama. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Iowa State beat Baylor 28-14. to Brock Purdy, nearly perfect once again. But the big story is there was a fight in this game. Things got it is a big story. Pretty chippy, yeah, because... David Montgomery. David Montgomery threw a punch. He was not the instigator, but he was throwing punches around a referee right. and was ejected, which means he'll be out the first half next weekend against Texas. So Maybe more, depending. Oh, yeah. Okay, I guess we'll have to wait and see. Yeah. But that's a, a huge loss for however long he's out. Yep. Oregon at Utah. Speaking of huge losses, of course, Tyler Huntley already out for the year. But last week after we recorded, star running back Zach Moss apparently injured himself climbing into bed. Oh. And he's going to be out for the year as well. Been there. Uh, but Utah's offense still looked pretty good. Freshman Jason Shelley at quarterback did well. And they won 32-25 to against a struggling Oregon team. My last game, Washington State with an impressive 31-7 to win at Colorado staying alive in the playoff race they'll of course need a lot of help but man on the other side colorado started five and oh they're now five and five and mike mcintyre yeah hanging on by a thread they they were like a very bad five and oh lucky to be that but still yeah, yeah that's pretty crazy all right my first game is clemson at boston college the tigers won this one 27 to 7 but this whole game really took a turn when anthony brown left with an injury up to that point, even though it was fairly early on, Boston College's defense was able to con- somewhat contain the Clemson offense. But with a backup quarterback, the Eagles had no chance, and it showed as the Clemson D-line, they pinned their ears back and teed off on them. Trevor Lawrence statistically played well, but he really missed on a few opportunities uh, in that game yeah, to make he's it. Just, uh, he's, he's still working out the kinks a little Ryan, bit. Ryan, you are just like, wow. Yeah, he's been yeah, great. He's been great. He missed he, a couple throws really in this very game. Good. Yeah. Yeah. My next game is South Carolina at Florida. Florida was able to win this one 35-31 in comeback fashion. They scored on fourth and goal with four minutes to go to to seal it. They they also won because they had 367 yards rushing against this Will Muschamp defense. One story from this game was when the fans were booing Felipe Franks, and later yeah. when Franks scored, he shushed the, his own crowd. You, you don't ever see that. No, that's, that's uh, rare. So Florida stayed alive for a possible New Year's Six Bowl. Wow. Wisconsin at Penn State. This game went about as expected as Penn State won 22-10. Jonathan Taylor was able to get loose for one long touchdown run, but outside of that, 
they had they had nothing on offense. Miles Sanders ran for 159 and a seven yard per carry average. Trace McSorley tied Todd Blackledge's program record of 29 wins as a quarterback. Next game and final one is UCLA at Arizona State. Arizona State became bowl eligible, winning this one 31 to 28. The three-headed monster of Wilkins, Benjamin, and Harry once again led the Sun Devils to a victory. Arizona State now controls its destiny in the crazy Pac-12 South, but they have to play at Oregon and at Arizona to do it. Oh, they can do that. They can they can win those. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, if you think we left out some some pretty big results, uh, we're going to get to those. Don't worry. We've got two segments this week. Our first one is Take Your Pick, which is going to be self-explanatory how to play. I think you guys can figure it out. Uh, so first, Northwestern won 14-10 to at Iowa to clinch the Big Ten West. And then Pittsburgh ran for 492 yards against Virginia Tech to maintain their commanding lead in the ACC Coastal. So for this question, let's assume that Pitt does not blow their lead and they win the Coastal. Who is the more surprising division champ, Pittsburgh or Northwestern? Ryan, um, do you know what I'm going to say? Go with... Wait, 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 wait. Take your pick. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> My pick is going to be Pittsburgh, uh, mainly because of what they did last year. They went five. Take and your s- pit. What? Oh, take my pit. Okay, great, Mike. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> In hindsight, I, I should have just let you keep going. <laughs> they, they were they were not good last year. They went five and seven, and nobody was expecting much from them this year. Uh, and then after, even during this year, after five games, they were two and three with blowout losses to Penn State, UCF, and then they lost to North Carolina. Uh, so. At that point, it was would have been shocking if you would have told me they would have gone on and won the division. Haven't yet, but looking like they will. Um, but then Northwestern, I mean, it's obviously a huge surprise as well. But, you know, they went 10-3 and last year and won their eight last games of the year. So, you know, they were still a good team. So not, not as surprising to me. No, I mean, I, I agree with Pitt. Uh, I'm going to say Pitt as well. But the one thing I want to say about Northwestern is going before the year, when you look at kind of the, the preseason favorites, Miami in the Pitts division and Wisconsin in Northwestern's division. I was more confident in Wisconsin winning the division. Yep. But yeah, but, true. The, but I'm surprised about Pitt because I think the their division is a little more deeper. Like if you told me that Miami wasn't going to win the division, I would have said, okay, yeah, it's Virginia Tech or maybe even North Carolina or maybe Georgia Tech got hot. I would not have said Pitt. Uh, so, so that yeah. was, that's why I'm a, a little more Could surprised. Could have Duke even, yeah. Um, but, uh, and w- you know, what's funny is when it, when it comes down to it, I, it, it ends up coming down to Pitt and Virginia who I wouldn't have ever guessed. No, not at all. Um, I, I'm going to go Northwestern here though. And it's for the reason you said, Trey, I think before the year, I think maybe Georgia was probably the team most likely to win their division, but then I think next would have been wisconsin yeah so at least for me because i was low on miami and then virginia tech had all those mounting defensive injuries and kind of defections throughout the summer so not totally shocking what's what's happened to them so yeah for me it's northwestern i just i don't know i just thought wisconsin was as close to a lock as you can get yep i hear you okay next one we have three choices in this next question number 14 nc state lost 27 23 at home to wake forest Number 11, Kentucky lost 24-7 at Tennessee, and Purdue lost 41-10 at Minnesota. Which is the most surprising? Trey, 
Ryan, I'll let you ask it. I'll let you say it. Take your pick. <laughs> I'm going to say Purdue mainly just because of the fashion they lost, 41 to 10 to, to Minnesota. In my opinion, NC State, they were probably a little overrated since I'd argue that they really had, didn't have a quality win. Um, and Kentucky, they they seem to show that they're they're pretenders. But Purdue, a double digit favorite to lose by thirty to the Gophers was was surprising. And not to mention that they only their offense only scored ten points. So so that Brom hype train maybe took one step back this week. Yeah, maybe a little bit. Um, I'm tempted to go here with our brother, guys, Jamie Newman. Yeah, who yeah, played a great game for Wake Forest, but. I'm also going with Purdue. That score just—it's one of those scores where you look at it because I didn't watch much of that game. You just look at the score. You're like, "What? How? How's that happening? You know, like what is going on there?" Right. Yeah. I mean, because Purdue or um, Minnesota just got just demolished by Illinois the week before. Gave up 55 points. Like, they lost did, five of six. Yeah. It's just what. Uh, it's a head scratcher. But I, I'm gonna just be a little devil's advocate here, just for the sake of that. Um, I'm gonna say NC State because they of all those three games, they were the biggest favorite. In all of them, they were nineteen-point favorites. Um, and Wake Forest, they they had been struggling, and NC State was actually coming off of a, a good win against Florida State. Although it's Florida State, but still, it's surprising. NC State had looked pretty good. Yeah, I'm I'm not surprised none of us chose Kentucky because they were they were only I think yeah. they only closed like five-point favorites. So yeah, not surprised they lost. Yeah, it was you know almost a coin flip type game at that point. All right, let's get to the mailbag. Uh, We have an email from Mark, and he asks, with Princeton's decisive win over previously undefeated Dartmouth, bringing them to an 8-0 season record, what are the chances of them winning out against Yale and the University of Pennsylvania? And so I'll note that he sent this email before uh, this past weekend in which Princeton already beat Yale, so they're 9-0 with just Penn left. So do you guys think they're going to win? So first of all, I... Thank, thank you, Mark, for, for sending an email like this because I, I'll look at the Ivy League standings, but, but ha- having this question made me dive a little deeper into, into this. So it was kind of cool to read some of the stories and, yeah. And per, yeah, to answer the question, question, I think they beat Penn by double digits and they're going to finish the year un, unbeaten. But how about Colin Eady at running back? He ran for 266 yards and three scores to beat Yale recently. So, uh, so they, they've got some fun players. Yeah, they're they're definitely the the class of the Ivy League this year. I mean, they have the most points scored in that conference, but they also have the fewest points given up. So great defense, great offense. They're great, but you gotta. It starts with their quarterback. It's John Lovett. The guy's been he was all American two years ago, uh, but then he got hurt last year and didn't play. Back to his, his old self this year, dominating, doing great. So um, you should once again get all American honors and Ivy League honors. In in the Sagarin ratings, Princeton is 88th, and that includes FBS teams. So yeah, it's pretty they're good. Right behind Arkansas, and they're ahead of South Florida. Now yeah. I'm a little bit skeptical. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure it's hard to adjust the numbers between FCS and FBS, but still, uh, the they're point good. is they they're good. Though. They must be really good. They're I think they're ranked. I looked it up. I didn't write it down, but I think they're ranked 11th in the FCS poll. So which and they don't they the Ivy League doesn't play in the, in the FCS playoff. playoff. No. Which is unfortunate because they'd be in it for sure. Yeah, definitely. But uh, and 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 Sagarin has them as about a twenty point favorite at home against Yale. So, or yeah, uh, sorry against um Penn. 
Pen. Uh oh. Maybe I checked against Yale. <laughs> no, I, I, it's even it more against Pen. Yeah. Yale. I don't think Yale was pretty good. Okay, maybe could be wrong. Then. Maybe I was wrong. But no, I I checked similarly, Michael, and they're gonna they're a big double digit favorite. All right, good, good. All right, go Princeton. I wonder if Mark went to Princeton. Yeah, why would he bring that up? Yeah, yeah, what if he what if he didn't? What if he went to some like community college? Not that there's anything wrong with that, but he just like is like, yeah, I'm a big Princeton guy. I went to Princeton. Well, maybe. Didn't I ask a, some sort of grammar question earlier in the podcast? Maybe he could answer that. Oh, it was fewer oh, yeah. or less. Oh, he I was the wrong. Mark, Mark email back in. Tell me which yeah. one I was supposed to say. If you went to Princeton, if not, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's got it. <laughs> um, all right, next question. David Lloyd on Twitter at Deloyd sixty nine. And he says, Georgia versus Bama, if you all three had to create a spread and over-under, what would it be? Uh, thanks for the great show, guys. Makes work a lot easier. Uh, so thank you very much. Would listen to us as he works. Okay. Yeah. I hope he's not like at a high stakes. Yeah, I was going to say. Like, what, a, like a heart surgeon or something. <laughs> but other no. than that, yeah, it's good. Um, all right. I like this question. It's fun to think about. Um, I would predict that Bama would be favored by about 10 and a half right now over Uga, and I'm going to say the over-under would be about 53. Okay. What do you think, Trey? I'm a Are little, you... little more... I'm going with Bama minus 12. Um, okay. And I would set the over-under at about 55. I mean, I know they have two good, really good defenses, but their offenses are... Georgia's offense starting to pick it up, and we all know Alabama's offense is really good. So even though you think about the two great defenses, you might think it's lower scoring, but I'm going to say at least 55. Yeah, I had it at 54 and a half. So that's we were pretty all close. in the range. Yeah. Last year in the championship game, the, the total before the game was 45, but both offenses have gotten better. Alabama's a lot better, and both defenses are, are worse. Georgia's probably significantly worse compared to last year. Bama's just had two shutouts in a row, but yeah. But I still think it's worse than last. I mean, last year they were incredible. No, I know. If you last look at uh, Massey Peabody's ratings for them, they're a few points worse this year. Um, what, what's your. Yeah, what's your point spread though, Mike? Point spread. Well, they, I mean, they've they've already in the past week. They some sports books have come out with point spreads for it. Yeah, but I, what's your point? Spread? I uh, well, I mean, so theirs were thirteen and a half. Just to say that. Oh, uh, okay. I'll that's... make it. Uh, I'll stick with thirteen and a half. I mean, yeah. it's hard to make a point spread that's too big for Alabama. It seems like this year, even though Georgia's looking really good the last few weeks. They didn't cover this last week. Alabama did well. Depends on when you got it, but yeah, exactly. <laughs> true. Yeah, it was it was right around, and, and Tua Close. didn't play for whatever. <laughs> well, yeah, whatever well, it's hard happen. for me to argue against whatever. <laughs> uh, okay, last question comes from Venmo. Comes from at Michael Newman eighty nine, and it's a great question. I'd consider sending him some money if I were you guys listening. Nice. Uh, yeah. What are your thoughts <laughs> on Louisville firing Bobby Petrino? And who do you think they'll hire? Um, great, great decision to get to let him go. Uh, Louisville, <laughs> well, yeah, Louisville was pretty pathetic. Very and bad. They, there was no way that they were, he was going to get it turned around. At least that's the way it looked like. They were just quitting. Um, but as far as potential candidates, I mean, it's a clear, obvious number one here. Yeah. Jeff Brom. He, you know, played there. He's a Louisville guy. So, and he's done a great job both places, Western Kentucky and now Purdue. Um, the only question is whether he wants it. Exactly. That does he want it or not? That's the, that's the question. Hard to think he w- he wouldn't, but we'll yeah, everyone see. seems to think he he would. Yeah, it's not like Purdue's that hard of a place to leave. Yeah, you know? it's nothing not, against Purdue, but yeah. And can he really? How much greater can he really make Purdue competing wise? Um, 
but but some other guys, maybe Luke Fickle. He's kind of in the area and doing a mm-hmm. great job this year. Uh, I saw this one mentioned, Charlie Strong coming coming back. Oh no! I yeah, mean, yeah, that, was, that maybe I wouldn't be thrilled if I was a Louisville fan, but you never know. So just just a few names. Well, whatever Louisville does, do not get a guy that rhymes with Eno. Rick Patino, they're currently paying a ton of money. Oh, and now Bobby wow. Petrino, they're paying a ton of money. Wow. So don't so no, end no, in Eno. No Italian guys or are they? Yeah, they can't Italian? have like. Well, I don't know about first name like a Gino, but uh, like they couldn't hire Gino Ariema. Mm-hmm. I don't think they would. Coach. I don't think they would. Yeah, that's probably a, it's probably a safe bet. But uh, but no, they um, Dan Marino. Dan Marino definitely can't be hired. Okay. There. Okay. That's what about a guy like S- Steve Adazio? Mm, I think that's safe. I think you're safe. Yeah, Is that safe. acceptable? But okay. and then right. not poor Louisville. They also had Papa John issues this year. I mean, they've had a rough rough patch the past year and uh it's amazing how far petrino fell i mean like yeah lamar jackson wins the heisman what two three years ago like what what happened it's unbelievable yeah uh but yeah no i agree with you guys on the only other name i would add is bill clark's got to get his name thrown around to some of these jobs i don't know if that's where he would go but his name deserves mentioning yeah i think you guys said all the all the big names i mean it really just comes down to jeff brom Yes or no? He's number one. Yeah, exactly. That's, yep. Yep. All right. Uh, week 12 preview time. Not a great slate this week. The SEC has their their annual FCS and kind of lowly yeah. FBS games. Got to get rid of that. Well, I don't know. Nah, nah. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, just put it earlier in the year. You know, that's... Yeah. It's not... I don't need to see Bama playing Citadel right now. No, no. True. Uh, anyway, we still got some some good games, though. We'll start with Cincinnati at UCF. The Knights are a seven and a half point favorite, and game day is going to be at this one, which should be pretty cool. What do you think here, Trey? Yeah, I can only imagine the signs that are going to be oh, shown yeah. behind uh, behind the show in this one, given the 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 struggles that those fans have had in the last year, given uh, they want the national championship and whatnot, and they want respect. But uh, but that aside, this game alone, we all know about Mackenzie Milton and his excellence, but I'm more focused on UCF's defense in this one. They give up over 400 yards per game, and the running back for Cincinnati, Michael Warren, has to be just licking his chops. This will be the toughest test this season for UCF, and Cincinnati, they need to win this and have Temple lose to win the East Division. But uh, I, I like Cincinnati in this one. Yeah, I, I agree with you, Trey. Um, I like Cincinnati. They've they've kind of flown under the radar for being nine and one. It's really surprising. Luke Fickle has just done a great job, and which is kind of weird, just because nobody was really high like high on his hire. You know what I mean? When they went to Cincinnati, who was really like, oh yeah, it's a great great yeah. hire. Yeah, yeah. I guess he had that one year at Ohio State. Maybe just kind of lost the luster. As- yeah. Yeah, through not really through his fault, but um, but anyways, I I like Cincinnati here. I think just because of what you mentioned, Trey, they have a great ground game, and I think they're going to be able to keep the ball kind of away from Mackenzie Milton and uh, play keep away. And I'm going to take the Bearcats. They got a good defense, good running game, so I'm taking them. All right, you guys sound like ESPN, just disrespecting UCF. <laughs> no, well, Michael, it's I'm making it my lock of the week. Ooh. So wow, yeah. that is that's that's very disrespectful. Uh, I like UCF here. Uh, this kind of feel, I don't know how much this, this stuff actually matters, but it kind of feels like when, when Wazoo had game day earlier in the year and they were pumped for that, obviously, and they ended up 
killing Oregon. The atmosphere here at UCF, it's going to be crazy. They've got the Saturday night game. They got game day. I just, I feel like it's going to be a buzzsaw that Cincinnati's walking into. Did you into. just say Wazoo killed Oregon? Well, they did. Oh, that's true. I guess Oregon came back, didn't they? Yeah, I mean, it was I yeah, almost. Okay, but still. They, co- they, well, they didn't cover, but I think you, Cincinnati, I'm not saying Cincinnati's going to win, but they're going to cover. All right, well. I don't think they're going to cover. All right, I'm picking UCF. All right. Desmond Ritter, he's having a good year at, at quarterback for Cincinnati, but freshman coming into this atmosphere, and the offense is really, it's not that great. They got a great defense, but I think not good enough to stop the Knights. So give me UCF, and we'll move on to Iowa State at Texas. Longhorns are a three-point favorite. What are your thoughts here, Ryan? Man, yeah, ever since Brock Purdy took over, uh, the Cyclones, they've won five in a row, and it's the first time Iowa State has ever won five straight conference games, ever. It's just remarkable. Um, Campbell is doing wonders there in Ames, but I like the Longhorns in this game, and a big reason why is because of what you mentioned earlier, Mike, uh, David Montgomery's suspension. He's out for sure for the first half of this game, but they're going to wait to see what the Big 12 has to say early in the week about... uh, if it's going to be the full game or maybe even longer than that, he's throwing punches is a serious deal. Um, so I'm going to take the big, uh, the Longhorns because of that. Okay. I like Iowa State here. I just think they're a more complete team. The The defense has been, you know, is maybe a, a top 10 defense in the country. And then offensively, if you look at the full season stats, I mean, it might not be as impressive, but you kind of have to just draw a line in the season. Like you said, Ryan, when they put Brock Purdy in, five straight wins those are the only games that Brock Purdy has started and they've been putting points up in every game so great offense great defense going up against a banged up Texas secondary I'll, I'll take the Cyclones yeah I I'm really falling in love with this Iowa State team yeah. I just can't believe how much moxie Purdy has for for how young he is and and Matt Campbell has to be a little more confident in this one seeing how what the Red Raiders were able to do against this Texas defense you know, it's you mentioned it. You briefly touched on it earlier, Ryan, about Texas. Their last six games have been decided by seven points or less. And I don't, I don't see this one being any different. So, yeah, I'm actually, I'm, I'm a little worried that it's not in Ames, but I'm going to take the Cyclones here as my lock of the week. Ooh, all right, okay. Let's move on to maybe the game of the day. Number twelve, Syracuse against number three, Notre Dame, in Yankee Stadium. Uh, the Irish are a nine and a half point favorite. And this is looking like maybe the best chance for a Notre Dame loss. Uh, and that point spread sounds a little high to me. I know Syracuse only has one win against teams in the top 60 in FPI. Uh, and there's probably no way they're actually the 12th best team in the country. Yeah. But I just, I kind of believe in them. You know, they seem to play well against in these big games against good teams. Of course, this year beating NC State and... Um, you know, competing with Clemson and then last year beating Clemson close games at Miami at LSU. So I think this one's going to be somewhat of, of maybe a low scoring game. Maybe Ian Book isn't 100% with that rib injury. And I believe in Eric Dungy to get the straight up upset. And I'm going to make this one my lock of the week. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, the one thing I don't like about Syracuse in this matchup is they do give up over 430 yards per game. So I think even an unhealthy book and Dexter Williams on the ground might might expose Syracuse here. And Dungy has historically been prone to throwing some interceptions. So I think the Irish will be keen on uh, on slowing him down. And since this isn't in the confines of the Carrier Dome and on the cold grounds of uh, Yankee Stadium, 
I'm actually going to take Notre Dame here. Yeah, I'm actually going to agree with you, Trey. Um, I got to stick with the Irish. I think they have a good enough defense to force Eric Dungey into some ill-advised throws. Um, and I think Ian Book, he's going to have a big day against a Syracuse defense that gives up over 260 yards through the air. So um, they can get passed all over and Ian Book will be able to take full advantage of that. I think you guys are ignoring. The, is is Eric Dungey a lefty? No, he, no. Oh, I was going to make a joke about the short porch in right field, but never <laughs> oh, mind. Yeah. Never mind. Uh, he's, he's a righty. righty. Okay. Good call. Uh, well, it was it was a good thought, but yeah. poor execution. Uh, let's get to the honorable mentions now. Trey, why don't you get us started? All right. My first game here is Memphis is an eight point favorite at SMU, and this one's on Friday night. Should be plenty of points scored in this one. Memphis just seems to churn out quarterbacks that produce. Brady White has a 22-3 touchdown-to-interception ratio, ratio, and SMU's Ben Hicks is no slouch either as he's thrown for almost 2,000 yards and 16 touchdowns. This is a big game for SMU as they are leading their division, and this is essentially a must-win for them. The problem for SMU here is that they give up over 200 yards per game on the ground, and Memphis has stud Daryl Henderson, who has run for almost 1,500 yards and 17 touchdowns. So I'm going to lean to Memphis. My next game here is Arizona at number eight, Washington State. The Cougs are currently a 10-point favorite. This game has large implications for both, both divisions. Arizona needs to win this if it wants a chance at winning the South. They're also looking to spoil Wazoo's dream season. Khalil Tate and the Wildcats have played better of late, but this time they have to go on the road to Chili Pullman. When you look at these good teams historically, they always get one scare, and I believe they had Wazoo had theirs versus Cal a couple weeks ago, and they're going to handle Arizona in this one. Duke is facing Clemson. Clemson's a 27-point favorite. Daniel Jones has to face this vaunted Tigers defensive line in Death Valley. Duke has given up 54 points and 35 points in two of the last three weeks, so Trevor Lawrence and Clemson will have a much easier time scoring this week than versus BC last. Lawrence is going to look to get back on point this week, and ETN should light it up as well. I'm going to lay the points with Clemson here because they've covered in five straight and are rolling downhill. Finally, UAB at Texas A&M. There's currently no line here as the status of UAB's quarterback, A.J. Erderly, is unknown at this point. But even if UAB gets smoked here, they've exceeded all expectations and have been a huge success. They're 9-1. They just clinched their division in the Conference USA. After not having a football team a couple years ago, it's absolutely unbelievable story. Bill Clark should be coach of the year. Yep, Aggies will probably win and improve their bowl positioning, but that story is nothing compared to UAB. All right. My first game is number seven, West Virginia, a five-point favorite at Oklahoma State. I would expect a shootout in this one, uh, and West Virginia, of course, looking to keep their playoff hopes alive. They completely dominated last week against TCU, and I know Corndog played great as well for Oklahoma State, but it's hard for me to pick against Will Greer in a shootout, so give me West Virginia. Next game, number nine, Ohio State, a 17-point favorite at Maryland, and I don't expect this one to be a gimme for the Buckeyes. Maryland did lose Kasim Hill last week to a leg injury. Not sure if he'll be back, but Tyrell Pigrome is nearly as good. I don't think there's much of a drop-off there, and one guy to look out for in this game, especially with... Ohio State's kind of questionable run defense. Redshirt freshman Anthony McFarlane. He's the running back for Maryland, was a four-star recruit, and last week had 210 yards. He is a beast. 
Uh, I think he'll keep this one close, but I do think Maryland loses. Next game, Virginia at Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech's a six and a half point favorite. Not really that exciting of a game. I don't think I'll be watching much of this, but Virginia is technically still alive in the Coastal. They need four things to happen to make the ACC championship. They need Pitt to lose at Wake and at Miami, and then they need to win, of course, this game and at Virginia Tech. I do not see all of that happening. I think they'll lose this one, actually. Pitt was able to run all over Virginia a couple weeks ago, so I think Georgia Tech can do the same this week. Final game, well, actually two games from the Pac-12 South, the two real contenders in my mind, Utah and Arizona State. So assuming Utah wins at Colorado this weekend, which I think they will, they're favored by seven, they just need Arizona State to lose either the last game of the season at Arizona or at Oregon this week. And I think that happens. I know Oregon's been struggling, but they're back home at Autzen. I think that's going to be a little bit too tough for the Sun Devils, who are 1-3 and three on the road this year, and they're four-point dogs in this one. All right, my first game is uh, Michigan State. They're one-and-a-half-point favorites uh, in Lincoln against Nebraska. These teams could not be more different. Sparty's coming in with a struggling offense, but a really good defense, while Nebraska's pretty much the polar opposite. So it's an interesting matchup, but uh, I actually like Nebraska here because Michigan State's coming in pretty banged up after a tough loss to the Buckeyes and just not quite sure how motivated they'll be. And obviously we know Nebraska's playing a lot better as of late. Yeah. Uh, I think uh, next game, uh, another thing about that game is that Nebraska's fans are, are really cool and good looking. Yeah. Whereas yeah. Michigan State fans are kind of the polar opposite. Yeah. yeah. Braden Hodges. Braden? Oh, Braden. oh I'm sorry. Oh, that's, oh, I'm that's sorry. You, Braden. Low blow. Low blow. Well, well, my point stands still. We don't like you, Braden, this week. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, we got Pitt is a six-point favorite uh, at Wake. Big game here for the Panthers. They can clinch the ACC Coastal with a win or a loss by Virginia at Georgia Tech, like Michael mentioned. I don't think they're going to need that loss by Virginia, though. I think they're going to win this game behind their two-headed monsters, Quadri Allison and Darren Hall. So uh, give me the the pittsburgh panthers by about a touchdown over wake the third game is sdsu uh at fresno and fresno's a 15 point favorite both teams are coming off some tough losses although you can kind of understand fresno's as they went to boise but sdsu losses a big favorite to unlv so that one was a little alarming fresno can clinch the west division with a win here and i think they're gonna do it but i don't think they're gonna do it by 15 points sdsu seems to always play close games uh so i think they'll keep it within that 15 point spread and finally, I got two games here also from the Pac-12. Uh, we got Stanford. They're one-and-a-half-point favorites at Cal. Cal's coming off a huge win at USC. First time they beat them in, what, 15 tries? Um, sorry, Mike. That's okay. That's okay. Yeah. Uh, anyways, I don't Cal- even want to win anyway. Who cares? <laughs> I want to lose. I don't even like college football. It's just a game. <laughs> yeah. Why? I don't know why they were so happy to win. Like, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Cal is playing really good defense. Their last four games, they've given up an average of 12.5 per game. Um, So I definitely see this being a close one, but uh, I'm going to take the Cal Bears at home. And then the other game is USC. They're two-and-a-half-point favorites across across town rival at UCLA. Five-and-five USC against two-and-eight UCLA. Big game here in Los Angeles. Maybe I'll go. Maybe I won't. (laughs) I don't think you will. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I don't think I will. UCLA played pretty well last week in a close loss uh, at Arizona State. And, of course, USC choked their game away against Cal. So I'm going to take the points here with UCLA. Uh, I just don't see this 
I don't see a huge difference between these two teams, but I do like Wilton Spate more than I like uh, JT Daniels at this point. So Bruins for me. All right. I'm sure we'll be talking about USC a little bit more in the coming weeks, uh, especially if they lose against UCLA because Clay will be done. Might start throwing out some coaching candidate names. You've already, you already have to us. I have. I know. I know. But Matt Campbell, Matt Campbell, Matt Campbell. Well, yeah, I would like Matt Campbell. I don't know if I just feel it. We're hiring Jack Del Rio. It's going to happen. Oh. I've already resigned myself to it. I'm very unhappy about it, but we'll see. <laughs> Jump into it here. Yeah. All right. Well, you guys know what it's time for. Questionable finish questionable finish nick saban stressed in his post-game press conference that he's not complaining but maybe mississippi state was targeting tua with low hits but again not complaining just stating facts uh so what would you like to not complain about i'd like to not complain about bad drivers um but not ones that like aren't doing it just by accident, like just because they're bad. But I mean, people that are intentionally doing bad things, like speeding, changing lanes, crazily, like all the time, not not signaling, putting other people at in danger. That just not complaining. Just okay. You're not complaining though. Okay. No, no. It's just an observation. Okay. Yeah. So I'm not complaining clearly, but simply pointing out that Stone Cold Drew Locks and Rick Saban are cheating at Yahoo Pick'em. Whoa! Whoa! They're, they clearly are working together to make sure that they will beat me in this contest. I'm not complaining, okay? But they're 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 either hacking into my picks or they have their own algorithm to beat me. It's it's I'm not complaining. It's just pointing it out. Okay, not complaining. All right. Well, I want to stress that I'm also not complaining, but I have to go to a murder mystery dinner party this Saturday night, so. I'm going to have to DVR Iowa State, Texas, and Cincinnati UCF, but not complaining. It's going to be very fun. You might actually have to murder somebody f- I, for that. <laughs> If someone just says that we can't watch TV, then maybe I might have to. Yeah, it might actually be a real murder mystery. All right. Well, stay tuned. Uh, next question. Florida State's 36-year bowl streak is in danger of ending. They need to win out against it, Boston College it's and over. Florida. It's over. Well, it might be. Uh, what is the most impressive streak that you have going right now? So I haven't missed a day of work due to sickness in over three years. I mean, it, it might be longer. I just, my memory is so wow. bad. I don't even know. It could be longer. I've fought through illnesses. I've made it to work. I'm a gamer in that way. Wow. Good for you. Um, I don't keep track of, of this, but I'm I'm going to guess it's been maybe like five years straight of showering every single day. Wow. Oh. Ooh. Yeah, I mean, I don't go camping, of course. That might might happen there. And then even like on a lazy Sunday, I, j- I have to shower. I can't not shower. So it might be longer, but I'll just go conservatively five years. I'm actually probably right there with you, Mike. I, I just I just can't do it. Wow. I can't do it. It's just yeah. Like, yeah. I feel horrible. I, you're right there with me showering. Wow. I, I like that. <laughs> wow. <laughs> it's like, Ever since we... It's like we're kids we, we again. T- exactly. We've taken... Ever since we were taking baths, we've always taken showers. Tough scene. <laughs> Tough uh, scene. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Um, for me, I think ever since the summer, um, I've been running really consistently. I've run at least six miles um, at least five days a week for wow. the last like, several months. That I do like wow. six, I go to the gym for about an hour, just cruise on the treadmill for six miles and call it a day. Good Lord. That's pretty good. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, Last question. Upset special. Mine, I already mentioned. 
Syracuse. I think they're going to win outright against Notre Dame. So already gave you some great analysis on that game. I don't I don't need to rehash it, but I'll add one more thing. Notre Dame is due to lose. They're due. They're due. Yeah, you're right. I mean, I'm going to go with Illinois. They're catching 16 from Iowa. I think so Illinois def- their defense is bad, but they can put up some points with AJ Bush at quarterback. Iowa is now dejected after losing the division at home last week to Northwestern. And as we've seen, Iowa's offense can disappear. So I'm going to take a shot with the Illini. All righty. Fair enough, Trey. Um, I'm going to go with the Aztecs. San Diego State, they're getting 15 right now uh, up in Fresno. But like I said, San Diego State just plays teams tough, and they, they'll pull out games that you don't expect. They went up to Boise and won there this year. They're Road Warriors. I think they can do it. All right. That'll do it for our Week 12 preview episode. Uh, Ryan, as we record this, it is November 11th, and tomorrow ah. is your birthday. Yes, it's any, true. Any fun plans? No, my wife's uh, family's coming over, and they're going to, I don't know, do something for me. <laughs> not sure not, not sure what. So that's uh, not fun? <laughs> A ringing endorsement. No, it'll be a great time. I like them. They're nice people. Oh, you're not like complaining, the, right? <laughs> not, I'm not you're not complaining. complaining. <laughs> no, it'll honestly be fun. I'm, I, I like hanging out with them. They're cool. Ryan. Blink twice if you're being held hostage. <laughs> no, I'm since I'm sincere. <laughs> he just blinked 16 <laughs> times. Holy moly. Um, okay, well, I'm not going to get you anything, Ryan. Yeah. Uh, by the way, we're not getting each, any each other anything for Christmas, right? No. I thought we agreed on that. We well, remember though. Who was it? Was it you, Ryan, that got us both gifts, and we had kind of agreed that you weren't going to get? <laughs> yeah. Gifts? What the heck? No, no, no. I, I got everybody else gifts, and you guys didn't, right? Oh, you got, like, everybody gifts. Yeah, because we're grown-ups now. Like, we do that. I know. Well, so we all, we all, we matched. We did that. You did? Well, yeah. the first year we didn't, but last year oh. we did. Oh, okay. Gotcha. All right. Well, but what about for the wives, or, well, sorry, fiancés slash girlfriends? Mm-hmm. Do we get gifts for them? Um, From, I guess you know probably, I mean? right? So like I give something to Sarah, but not to well, you. Well, as you, as a couple, you give something to Sarah. Mm, yeah, right. Me and Angie give something to Sarah. The listeners yeah. are enthralled. Okay. Yeah. Oh, hey Ryan, why don't we? Why don't you tell the story about uh, the 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 Clippers gift? Oh God, I vaguely. Oh yeah, that's right. I got. I don't. Remember, was it you were telling me like you disliked the new Clippers logo or something like that? Yeah, so what a was, couple Christmases yeah. ago, we were just, it was Christmas Eve, and the three bros were standing around the pool table talking late at night, and uh, <laughs> and for some reason, we were talking about the Clippers, and I was bringing up their, their new logo. I was like, oh, I just really don't like that new logo. <laughs> like, I just don't, you know, like, I, I'm thinking about getting gear, but I just don't want a shirt with that new logo. <laughs> and then Ryan goes quiet, and I'm like... Uh oh! <laughs> the next day, sure enough, I open up a Clipper shirt with the new logo, oh, which I love it. I love, I love it. it. Yeah, he's worn it a lot. But it was also like two sizes too small, Ryan. I think it <laughs> yeah, was a women's I'm, shirt. I'm not sure if I went to the kids section or what happened there. <laughs> <Yeah>. But <laughs> anyway, yeah, that the was thought. That was the thought that counts. Yeah, it was that was a classic Christmas moment for the Newmans, though. All right. Well, maybe ne- maybe we'll have this be a thing. If if you liked hearing a classic Newman's moment, we can we can say one at the end of every oh, other we podcast. Got, we got quite a few. We got yeah. a few. Yeah, we can um, rehash right, a few. Well, thanks for listening to the College Football Bros podcast and 
If you like, if you would like to give us a call, leave us a voicemail like Braden did this week. It's 260-CFB-BROS. Uh, we'd really appreciate anyone calling in with their thoughts on whatever game they're watching or a question for next week's episode. Uh, so go ahead and do that, and we will talk to you next week. You've been listening to the College Football Bros. If you have any questions for the next podcast, email them to collegefootballbros at gmail.com. To keep up with the brothers on social media, like them on Facebook at College Football Bros, follow them on Instagram at College Football Bros, and for their commentary on Saturdays, follow them on Twitter at CFB Bros. Thanks for listening.